If you ever thought that politicians were disconnected from reality, well, you'd be right. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Brian Lilly Podcast, and I am, of course, Brian Lilly. Watching question period over the last few days as I get back into the swing of covering Parliament Hill on a daily basis, it's been fascinating to see what our elected representatives, the people's representatives in Ottawa, think are the top stories, the things that they need to raise in the House of Commons. Well, it's been bizarre for many reasons, but first off, let's start with the NDP on Monday. Raising an issue that I've been hearing about as I talk to thousands of you online, and that is the fact that Foreign Affairs Minister Rob Nicholson doesn't speak French well enough for the job he's just been given. Monsieur le Président. Mr. Speaker, whereas Canada is a bilingual country and that French is an important language in international diplomacy, we cannot understand how the Prime Minister could have appointed a Minister of Foreign Affairs who cannot communicate in French. How is it that the Prime Minister, how can the Prime Minister explain that he was unable to find a bilingual Minister of Foreign Affairs in his cabinet, whereas, for example, even the American Secretary of State speaks very good French? The Honourable Minister of Foreign Affairs. Mr. Speaker, I would like to thank the Prime Minister for my appointment. It's a great honour for me. We have two official languages in Canada. I don't speak very well right now, but I understand very well, and I'll continue to make efforts. I did like that Nicholson responded in French. Uh, this was an issue last week raised by the Liberals, Justin Trudeau saying it was despicable that, well, the Conservatives have foregone the idea that Canada is a bilingual country and appointed a unilingual uh, foreign affairs minister. Don't they know that we always have a, a bilingual foreign affairs minister? I except when we don't. And we haven't had one many times. Liberal hero, hero to the left, Lloyd Axworthy, the man that pushed for Canada to be part of the soft power movement, the man that is still lauded for getting the landmines treaty signed in Ottawa. Not bilingual. But he was foreign affairs minister under Jean Chrétien, who also doesn't like the idea that Rob Nicholson's French isn't quite up to snuff. They are worried that Canada won't be speaking the lingua franca on the international stage. Don't they get that, well, English is the new lingua franca? When was the last time that French was required for uh, any type of foreign discussion? When was the last time that French was the the language of international commerce and diplomacy. I think people were still wearing powdered wigs at the time. But to the NDP, this is a pressing issue. They've put out press releases on it. They've made statements. They have questioned the government about it in the House of Commons. So is anyone that you know talking about that issue? Is anyone actually bothered by that? Or are they using Parliament just to, to forward not a real issue, something that the government needs to focus on, are they using it to try and score points? Because, let's face it, the NDP its no longer the working man's party, it's the Quebec man's party. It is the Francophone party of Quebec. And they're worried about losing seats in the next election to a resurgent Bloc Québécois and the Liberal Party, which explains their other obsession this week. 
Well, you know, Nicholson they asked about and he answered in French, so they kind of moved on. But the NDP's been obsessed with another issue this week, and that is the state broadcaster, CBC. They've asked questions about it uh, twice this week. They've made member statements about it. They have complained about it to the media. What's the point? Well, they don't think the government respects CBC enough. Here's Pierre Nantel in an exchange with Heritage Minister Shelley Glover. Canada is at the bottom of the OECD when it comes to spending on public broadcasting. The bottom. CBC's announcement they are slashing their budget and cutting hundreds of jobs is raising concerns over the survival of the CBC. While conservatives are turning their back on public broadcasting, people across Canada are rallying in support of the CBC. When will the minister finally listen to citizens? It's true in my area, my friend. The NDP leaders for a practical plan to save the CBC. When will they listen and correct? The Honourable Minister of Canadian Heritage. Uh, thank you, and uh, I'll repeat what I said in English. That member knows very well that we provide CBC with over a billion dollars every year, and we expect that they will uh, they will honour their mandate under the Broadcasting Act to provide quality programming in French and English to Canadians. But I find it strangely odd that the NDP would be suggesting that we actually take money away from taxpayers as we provide a universal childcare benefit to give it to an organisation that gets over a billion billion dollars a year. That's what I call irresponsible and we won't be going down that road. That was on Monday when Glover pointed out that CBC still gets a billion dollars a year. But Christine Moore, the New Democrat MP from Abitibi to Miskaming, she went on the rampage on Tuesday. I would like to remind you that the NDP is the only party that has promised to reinstate adequate, stable, multi-year funding for CBC. And I am proud to inform you that hundreds of citizens from Abitibi to Miskaming will turn out this Saturday in Rouen Naranda to defend the relevance of our public broadcaster, which we so desperately need in our regions. Numerous artists will come to speak proudly of their attachment to CBC and you will be you can be sure that I'll be with them to have the voice of heard and then Alexandra Bolaris he decided well he was going to get on in the act as well we know that the Prime Minister wants the public broadcaster to be the Conservative Party's propaganda mouthpiece he can take control of the board of directors and cut its budget but when the NDP replaces this budget we will reinstate the CBC's budget and ensure its independence. So what's driving this? Are there are there looming budget cuts that nobody knows about at CBC? No, nope. no, there's not. In fact, they haven't cut CBC's budget in, in quite a few years. The last time they did it was $115 million. They still get a billion dollars a year, as Glover pointed out. And the last time that there were across-the-board budget cuts where CBC got touched with that $115 million, on a percentage basis, the Army lost more of its funding than CBC did. So, is the government really gutting CBC, or are they trimming around the edges? See, even the $100 million that they lost, that was really ending what was supposed to be a one-off payment, but it had become an annual adjustment, an annual supplement to their parliamentary appropriations. That's how they term the $1 billion a year subsidy. It's not a, it's not a subsidy to them, it's a parliamentary appropriation. So, why is the NDP going on and on about CBC? Well, again, it is about protecting their turf, particularly in Quebec. 
On Monday, a Quebec radio station aired an interview that they conducted with Stephen Harper while the Prime Minister was in Quebec City on Friday. So they recorded it Friday, aired it Monday, and it's caused a firestorm in Quebec. Why? Because Stephen Harper basically said, water's wet, fire burns, film at 11. Okay, that's not what he actually said. What he said was that Quebecers do share conservative values, but a lot of the people that work at Radio Canada, the French CBC, don't. That has, that has the NDP, the union representing CBC workers, and Quebec's intelligentsia in a lather. It might be completely true to anyone that pays attention, but that's not the point. The point is that the NDP needs CBC. Because CBC leans left. If you think they'd lean left in English Canada, you ain't seen nothing yet until you pay attention to their, their offerings in Quebec in French. And the NDP has more than 50 seats in Quebec. That is half their caucus. They need to hold those seats if they want to remain official opposition. They need to hold those and gain a lot more if they want to form government. And if they want to make sure that they don't lose out to Justin Trudeau or even a resurgent Bloc Québécois. So all these questions, all these statements about CBC, it's not really because the state broadcaster is under threat. It's not really because, well, their work is not being valued by Canadians or by the government. No, it's about protecting their turf and making sure that they stand up for their friends so that come October and the election, their friends will stand up for them. It's just part of playing Quebec politics. Now, Justin Trudeau may only have seven seats in Quebec, but that doesn't mean he doesn't pay attention to the province. In fact, I think he pays more attention to Quebec than the rest of the country. Quebec has been driving liberal policy for years, and so as he saw the NDP jump to the defense of CBC, he decided he would as well. On Twitter, he said yesterday, a liberal government will reinvest in CBC Radio Canada to ensure it can carry out its important mandate for Canadians. Get that? A billion dollars a year, not enough. He wants to give more of your hard-earned money to CBC. Why? Hmm. Because they support him in English Canada, perhaps, and so he's now sticking up for his friends. That's what it's about. This government has, the Harper government has not denigrated CBC. They have done mild cuts at a time when every government department has had to sacrifice. Mild cuts. The big thing hurting CBC is that people are not watching the way they used to. Advertisers are not buying ads the way they used to. They are having to deal with the same reality that every private broadcaster is having to deal with. I say this from experience, people. You know that. So, the NDP, the Liberals, they just want CBC shielded from reality. They don't want the government to treat CBC employees as if they're public sector workers that will never lose their jobs they don't want to they don't want to talk as if that's what they are but that's that's in effect what they want give them more money so that they never feel the effects of the market fewer people watching no worries fewer people advertising no worries it's all about protecting cbc that is unless it is of course the guy at cbc that most of us want to hear from
Don Cherry. My uh, relatives and my grandfather, uh, Paula Mountain, uh, 34 years uh, with RMC, and but he was a worker. He wasn't. And Sergeant Thomas William McKenzie, who I'm very proud of, uh, worked there too. He was a plumber. And they both went overseas in the First World War. My grandfather was at Vimy Ridge, and uh, my uh, Sergeant Thomas William McKenzie, believe it or not, uh, and it just boggles the mind that he was in the whole war and was killed with uh, four days to go, uh, November 7th. He uh, won the military medal in bar, and I have pictures of them all over. So I am the military, they're the best, the police and the firemen, you can't beat them. That's not the type of CBC ear that they want to protect. It is the type of CBC ear that most of us want to hear from. Stick around, we've got more to come. Hello there, Peabody here. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What fan is Machel? I said it to today, Mr. Peabody. Were you a fan of Peabody and Sherman? I always loved the Wayback Machine. I think that Justin Trudeau was trying to use the Wayback Machine. I think he was hoping that maybe Mr. Peabody had joined his caucus this week and that he could somehow transport himself back. See, I'm thinking this because it's the only explanation I can find for why... Trudeau stood up and asked a question that was extremely relevant two weeks ago. Tuesday, he stood in the House of Commons and asked the Prime Minister about vaccines. The Prime Minister has run no ads promoting the life-saving benefits of vaccinations. He has, in fact, cut public health immunization budget by 23%. Will he stop his self-promoting partisan government ads and invest instead now in a campaign that encourages parents to vaccinate their kids. Now I'm not alone in thinking that this was a bizarre question to ask. Trudeau was asked about it in the uh, the scrums after question period and he, he simply said that he wanted to give an opportunity for political leaders to speak out and encourage parents to vaccinate their kids. I'm wondering what political leader isn't speaking out and asking parents to vaccinate their kids. Prime Minister Harper stood up and that's pretty much what he said in response to Trudeau's bizarre question. But let's look at a couple of facts here. We are we are not in the middle of a huge measles outbreak in Canada. Uh, we are facing about average number of measles cases in this country. Did you know that... Um, Every year there's measles in Canada. It's been reported widely that measles, measles was completely eradicated, that um, it, you know there hadn't really been any cases since the 1990s. Let me give you some stats on that. 1995, in Canada, there were 2,300 cases of measles. In 1996, 328. 97, 531. It went down to 17 cases in 97, 32 in 98, 207 in 1999 it's fluctuated all over the place in the 2000s as well from nine cases in 2001 to 101 in 2007 752 cases in 2011 nine in 2012 a year ago in tooth at march 2014 public health canada put out a warning that we were in the middle of an actual measles outbreak there was no outcry then so i think that what justin trudeau is trying to do is latch onto an issue that was seizing people a couple of weeks ago. I th that's why I think he's trying to use the Wayback Machine, because it's it's got to be better than everyone continuing to talk about what he thought was his big coup in Eve Adams joining. 
the Liberal Party. Listen to Irene Matheson, a, a London, Ontario area New Democrat, standing up to talk about what the floor crossing actually means. A week ago, the Liberal leader proudly announced one of the most embarrassing floor crossings any of oh, us yeah. have ever seen. He claimed he was impressed with the member from Mississauga Brampton South's, quote, commitment to public service. Well, his caucus wasn't impressed, and now, Mr. Speaker, we have the return of that famous source, Liberal MPs, speaking on condition of anonymity. One Liberal MP said, quote, the larger population just got another message saying the Liberals are no different than the Conservatives. Another, that the leader of the Liberal Party just made the Prime Minister look principled. And what did the Liberal leader get in return for all this? Why, none other than new Liberal strategist, Dimitri Soudis. This Liberal leader once said, quote, when you start to compromise your principles, you're through. Indeed, without principles, what kind of leader are you? Well, we just found out. <laughs> but fortunately, Canadians can count on the NDP, our leader for principled leadership, leadership that fights for the middle-class families of Canada. Trudeau is desperate to change the channel on this one. He's desperate to forget about it. Uh, as Matheson said, this floor crossing, this coup, has resulted in the return of liberal infighting because liberals are not happy that they took the most bizarre conservative, the one that her own party had said, you're breaking the rules, we're not going to keep you, and he's trying to turn her into a solid liberal. Maybe he's just hoping that people will see her on TV and say she's pretty and not look at her track record. Maybe they won't look at the man that is her fiancé who... Again, the Conservatives fired for breaking the rules. When your opening position is that you are a breaker of the rules, you're not in the best position to say you're moving over on principle. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the podcast, Brian Lilly. This is the Brian Lilly podcast, talking about federal politics now. In the next couple of days, we'll branch out, start talking about other issues. But for now, I'm just focused on Parliament Hill, getting back into covering the game that I've spent so many years covering and, uh, and getting back into well, Parliament resuming. It's a short two weeks in Parliament right now, and then they take a week break or so, and then they're back for five weeks, and then that's it. That's it until the election in October later this year. So it's going to be quite a few weeks of theatrics on Parliament Hill. I want to point to something off Parliament Hill. It relates to it, and it relates to the whole election campaign. It's an article on the union-funded website, rabble.ca. Now, if you are a member of a union in Canada, public sector union, trades union, public, uh, private sector union, doesn't matter there's a good chance that you are funding this far-left website. And there's an article up on it this week by a guy named Michael Laxer. Uh, he's an executive with the newly formed Socialist Party of Ontario. He's a former socialist candidate for Toronto City Council. Uh, he's a two-time uh, former candidate and organizer for the NDP. Lives in Toronto, and he's got a, he's got a story up, a column titled, Stephen Harper's Dog Whistle. Islamophobia and Canadian politics. It's got a big picture of Stephen Harper and it's all about Stephen Harper, at least in the headline. And 
what it's trying to do is say that the prime minister is some kind of Islamophobe because he's taking the fight on terror. He's some kind of racist because that's what the left likes to do. They like to say that the right is racist. The right is bigoted. They, they don't, there's nothing, uh, nobody that they don't hate. We'll get into this at some point, but most of the worst examples of institutional racism, I'm talking government policy racism, like the Exclusion Act that barred Chinese immigrants from Canada, period, um, the Indian Act, things like that. These are liberal policies. The turning back of boats containing both Jews and East Indians, liberal government policies. The liberal hero, Mackenzie King, saying none is too many liberal government policy. But Stephen Harper is conservative, therefore Stephen Harper is a racist according or Islamophobe or a bigot according to Michael Laxer. So again, let me read the headline. The headline is Stephen Harper's Dog Whistle, Islamophobia and Canadian Politics. And then you start the article and it says, it is rare that a politician elected or otherwise openly admits that he or she is capitulating to the bigoted and irrational fears of his or her constituents. But that's exactly what Shawinigan Quebec Mayor Michael, or sorry, Michel Angers did on Friday. At a press conference he held to explain his council's frankly inane dis insane decision not to allow a minor rezoning of an industrial park so a small mosque could be built there, he bluntly acknowledged his, his opposition to his own beliefs, pressure from people across the province had motivated them. The headlines about Stephen Harper and Islamophobia. The story is about the mayor of Shawinigan in Quebec denying a permit for a mosque. And then it goes on to continually talk about Quebecers and how they are viewing Islam. Have you not noticed that the NDP, the party that Michael Laxer has run for, they hold most of the seats in Quebec? Have you not heard? We talked about it earlier in the podcast about Quebecers and the media and... And, and conservative values. Stephen Harper thinks conservative values are closer to Quebecers than, than their media and their voting patterns let on. I think he's right. But the fact is, Quebec is more left-wing than the rest of the country. Their current MP is Lee Saint-Denis. She was elected as a New Democrat. She crossed the floor to the Liberals. At the provincial level, uh, level they've been mostly uh, liberal and Parti Québécois. They used to be, at the federal level, represented by the Bloc Québécois. This after years of being the place that Jean Chrétien got elected. After he left, it became Bloc, then it became New Democrat. So, they vote left, but to Michael Laxer, this is all due to right-wing bigotry. They have five seats. The Conservative Party has five seats in Quebec. I believe all of them now are in the, the Quebec City area, which is far to the east of Shawinigan. It doesn't matter to him. This is about trying to say that conservatives are racist. doesn't have to be supported by the facts for the left to throw that around. It doesn't have to relate to anything. It's just what they're going to do. We can have a discussion about whether it is an irrational fear to worry about Islam in Canada and its various uh, iterations, especially when you do have imams in this country saying that Muslims should be pledging allegiance to the caliphate declared by ISIS, the Islamic State. I think that's a valid uh, discussion worth having. 
But to say that a city council's decision in an area that does not vote conservative, that does not elect conservative MPs, that Stephen Harper I don't think has visited in years, that that is somehow due to Stephen Harper's Islamophobia and bigotry, well, that's just bizarre. But that's the type of leftist lies that exist. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I want to thank you for all your support in downloading the first episode the other day. We're going to try and work out the kinks on this and keep going. A little bit of feedback for you. Brian McCracken on Facebook uh, posted this comment about uh, the first episode. Thanks, Brian, for sticking with Canadians and recognizing the shortcomings of the other media who choose not to tell it as it is and who believe they know what's best for Canadians. They fall or they fail when it comes to being forthright and allowing uh, that the Canadians get all the info to make educated decisions. Chris McGarry, Brian's back! Exclamation mark. Uh, Marty Reed said, Awesome, I knew the demise of Sun News Network wouldn't keep you down. Ellen McRae, Great, Brian, we're with you all the way. Uh, Pat Sadeo wants me to apply for Fox or CNN. Millions of people will be watching me then. Well, you know, we're looking to try and stay in Ottawa, but we'll see. Open to ideas. And uh, Marty Johnson said, thank you, Brian. Good to hear your perspective on things. Miss Sun News, but feel you will get together as a team again. And then there's a question mark at the end. Well, do keep checking back on brianlilly.com. And check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lilly, And keep the feedback coming. We're, we're looking at opportunities, people. What's going to happen? Uh, am I working with Ezra on Rebel Media? Am I striking out on my own? It's early days. It's early days looking at opportunities, trying to sort it out, and trying to find a way forward after the sun set. But don't worry, we're rising again. And what do I always say? Remember, I'm on your side. <laughs>